Our passage of scripture is the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2. So let me call your attention there. Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage with the family of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, (laughs) and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is blessed, pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord hath made known to us. They went with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. (laughs) And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. You can see the title of my message this morning is Silent Night, Holy Night. Now, if you know anything about a mother giving birth, it's not silent. So whoever wrote the song, man, I'm not too sure how they came up with silent, but here's Mary, Joseph, and do do you think they had any clue as to why they were in Bethlehem? Now we know the prophecy said that the Messiah would be born in a little dinky town called Bethlehem. But When did they get there? Just in time, right? Just in time for what? For a baby to be born. Now, if they had really known that the Messiah had to be born in Bethlehem, don't you think they would have gone down there earlier? Maybe made accommodations, fixed up a nice place to have this baby, maybe with some women attending to them, helping Mary with the baby. Doesn't it seem like 
That would make sense. Instead of arriving at the last minute and then no room. Now, I emphasize as I was reading the scripture, no room for them. That's very important. Because you see, here is a young couple that they're not married. And she is great with child. And so obviously, what are people saying about this uh, pregnant girl? Not good things. They're thinking, virgin birth, right. Sure. Now, why wasn't there any room for them in the entire town of Bethlehem? Doesn't it say that that was Joseph's hometown? So if that's Joseph's hometown, he went there to be registered because he was of the house and the family of David. You would assume he had family in the city. So wouldn't they have opened up their home for Joseph and Mary when they first arrived? Um, Not necessarily. Especially if they thought there was a scandal going on. Like, Joseph... Great, but but Mary, really, come on. No room for them in the inn. You can imagine the stress that they went through. Just, Just imagine all of the ups and downs that Joseph and Mary went through. And so many times that's a picture of your life and mine. Highs and lows, possibly the idea that uh, uh, folks were talking about them. That was, of course, a low time for them. And, but then the angel uh, comes along and, and talks to Joseph and said, Fear not to take unto yourself Mary to be your wife, because that which is conceived in her is conceived of the Holy Ghost. God the Father is the father of this baby. Whoa. Okay, so, man, there's a high. But then there's this long trip on the back of a donkey to Bethlehem. That's a low. No room for them. Low again. But the birth of the baby, high. (laughs) And, And then, what do they use for a bassinet? A cattle trough, where they feed cattle. Oh, man, that would be a low. Can you imagine thinking, what about germs? (laughs) Would there be any germs in the barn? All over the place. I mean, they're animals. What a low. But then, about that same time that they're, they're trying to figure out, Lord, what in the world? The angels appear unto the shepherds, and the shepherds come and tell them the story, and man, wow. God told the angels that we're here. Man, what an emotional high that would have been. And then, a couple years later, they were warned by an angel not to stay there because Herod the Great was killing all the babies two years old and younger. And so they were supposed to go down to Egypt. Who's in Egypt? How are they going to get a job in Egypt? 
What a low time that would have been. And then they heard that all the babies were slain two years old and younger because Herod was afraid of this king of the Jews that he'd heard that had been born. So he's trying to get rid of anybody that might be a competition. What a, what a low time that would be because all of their friends and, and relatives <coughs> would possibly be losing little babies. What a time of low... And, and then they get the word, Herod the Great is dead. Man, they're up now. And then they find out that Herod the Great's successor, the new Herod, isn't favorable to them. And so, hello. What am I saying? I'm saying that there are times in our lives when we're following God's plan and God's will and God's word that things just don't seem to make sense. Have you ever experienced that? <laughs> have, have you ever felt like, Lord, what? That's where they were. Now here's the key. The only thing that could give them peace was to meditate on God's word. Now they didn't have the New Testament like we have. They had the Old Testament, God's word, but they did have God's voice speaking to them, saying, Mary, this is what's going to happen, and this is who the baby is, and he will be the savior of the world. And, and so they had God's word verbally. So the only thing that they could really focus on and get peace from was God's word. Now, is that true for us? This book right here. When you have a bunch of highs and lows in your life, when you get a medical report that just blows you out of the water, like I did this last week, like, maybe your finances aren't what they used to be. Maybe it's a relational issue that just can't seem to be worked out. Maybe it's a maybe it's an emotional problem. Depression. How do you deal with the highs and lows of life? Same way Mary and Joseph did. Meditating on the word of God, giving you God's peace. It's interesting, it talked about uh, they wrapped this baby in, in swaddling clothes or cloths. <clears throat> and then we read later that, that uh, the angels told the shepherds, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. Now, really? That wasn't unusual. In fact, the Bible tells us in Ezekiel 16 and verse 4 that, that that's the way you would wrap a baby up when a newborn just kind of keep their limbs straight and help them to grow uh, straight and, and keep them from uh, scratching their, their, their face with the long fingernails, things like that. And so that was normal. But lying in a manger. Wow. Where'd that come from? 
So we see then that there definitely was no silence in the in the original story. But there was silence out in the field. Shepherds quietly just sitting around. Their sheep are sleeping. It's in the middle of the night. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, the angels show up. Now, they'd never heard an angel in their lives. Definitely never seen an angel. First they saw one angel, then a host of angels. And they're going, what in the world? Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to what? All people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Wow. They're taking care of sheep. And we know, of course, that in in the uh, Jewish system, they would offer sheep as sacrifices to cover their sins, waiting for the lamb that would eventually come to take away the sins of the world. Who was that? I can't hear you. There's nobody here but us, so we can talk. That's Jesus. John the Baptist identified him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So the shepherds are taking care of sheep. They understand lambs and and things like that. They understand sacrifices. And now all of a sudden, the angels say, a Savior has been born. Now, where are they going to find him? In a feeding trough. Are they they going to find... um, A bunch of women that are taking care of Mary. Who helped Mary with the birth? Oh, Joseph. Oh, he knows a lot about birthing babies, doesn't he? You can just imagine the thoughts going through Mary's mind like, Lord, really? I mean, my mama's not even around. None of my friends are around. A lot of questions. Just like in our lives, there are a lot of questions. We don't quite understand what's happening. Maybe sometimes you have questions about your place in life. Maybe you were divorced without a word, have no, no clue. Maybe you're still single and you don't know why. You'd love to be married. Maybe your health is slipping right at the beginning of your retirement. And, uh, or maybe you lost a spouse and you're alone at Christmas. This happens to be the two-year anniversary of my wife's departure. Two years ago, Christmas Sunday, was on a day after Christmas. And we opened the service with her in a hospice bed, and I'm sitting beside her and my little phone there, and we're watching this service live. And the three granddaughters start the service by singing the trio. And I turned to her to comment about the granddaughter singing, and she's now breathing. Safe in the arms of Jesus. Two years ago, 
Do I have peace? Yes. I wasn't going to, this is not part of my message, but this is free. I was just looking at it a few moments ago. I, I have a little yellow label right there. Titus chapter 1, verse 2. In the hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. And I wrote in my Bible, Ruth is now in heaven. Hope of eternal life. God who never lies. <laughs> so how do I get peace? In my lonely times. I'm holding it. Amen? And you're holding it as well. When you are having questions in your mind, Lord, I don't understand. Why is it so? So, the angels sang, glory to God in the highest. You know, <clears throat> that's why Jesus came. Was to bring glory to God for offering his son. Why? So that you and I could have a savior. And that's what brings glory to God when we believe his word, trust his son as our personal savior, and that glorifies God for his fantastic Christmas gift to us. Well, what's the result of glorifying God? Well, personally, there's peace in our hearts. Socially, there's goodwill toward men. When you and I get saved, God changes our attitude about people around us. Folks that just Ooh. I mean, we just, ooh, we struggle. But when the Holy Spirit comes in, isn't he able to change your attitude? Isn't he able to give you a softness where there's previously a hardness? Goodwill toward men. Well, it's not enough just to hear the message from God. We have to respond just like the shepherds did. So they went with haste to see <laughs> what God had said. Now it was a good thing they went with haste because Jesus wouldn't be there the next day. The same thing is true for every one of us. When God speaks to us, we need to be responding quickly to his word and responding by trusting what he had to say. See, Jesus just didn't come to bring us a winter holiday. He didn't come to, to give us a season where we could give gifts to our family and friends. He didn't even come to, to live a perfect life to set an example of how you and I should strive to be perfect. That's not at all why Jesus came. He came to die. Be separated from God the Father so that we could live and never be separated from God ourselves. I'll say that again. He came to die and was separated from God the Father when he was dying on the cross so that you and I could have a life never to be separated from God ourselves. What a fantastic 
Christmas gift we've been offered and I trust received. And so, when they got done, (laughs) it says they went away sharing with everybody the good news that God had sent them. Isn't that exactly what these books are all about? Maybe when you have family gatherings today or tomorrow, there may be members of your family that just need a book to help them to understand the whole meaning of Christmas. Great gift. And you didn't have to pay for it. (laughs) But as the shepherds went and just spread the word, isn't that what we have the opportunity to do? See, the angel said, go and see, and then go and tell. And that is the story to One Hope Church. Go and see who God is. Go and see what God can do. Go and see the changes that he can bring about in your life. And then, go and tell. And what a fantastic opportunity we have. But then I want you to notice in verse number 19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She's basically saying, okay, Lord, what now? What's the future going to be holding? Now, the word pondering there means to bring together or to lay beside each other. To bring together or lay things beside each other and compare them. It kind of reminds me of Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good. That doesn't mean all things are good. But that means God interweaves the hard times together with the blessed times. And so as we ponder what God is doing, sometimes it takes time. It it takes focusing on God's word and letting God take his time to share with us what it's all about. The old songwriter said, we'll talk it over in the by and by. We'll talk it over, my Lord and I, I'll ask the reason, he'll tell me why. We'll talk it over in the by and by. We don't always get our answers here. But as we ponder, Lord, what could you possibly have in mind? I had to do that this last week with my medical change. Lord, what now? What could possibly be different in my future because of the news that I got? Pondering. But I want you to notice, go back one page, chapter 1. Mary, who is now carrying the baby Jesus, went to visit Elizabeth, her cousin. It says in verse 39, In those days Mary rose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, 
she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Elizabeth, hearing the greeting of Mary, the baby, that is the baby in Elizabeth, that would be John the Baptist. The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Now notice, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Oh, did you see that? She's saying, Mary, because you heard God's word and you believed it, now God is doing something in your life. So the word believe there is the word faith. So we see then that Mary had faith first, simply based on God's word. Now, did she understand everything about what was going to happen? No. Did she understand uh, God's workings, how, how it was all going to work together? No. That's why she was pondering in the next chapter. To bring these things together, to lay them side by side, to simply say, Lord, what's your plan for me now? Did you know that God is the God of change? And when things change in your life, he's the God you can turn to and simply say, Lord, wow, this is a 180 degree turn. Wow. Lord, what do you have in mind? How do you want me to respond? That's pondering. But I want you to understand, faith comes before total understanding. That's the principle. Faith in what God said comes before total understanding. And so many times we have the idea, I, I, I've just got to totally understand everything about God, everything about the, the resurrection, everything about the miracles. I've got, I've got to understand everything about the Trinity. I've got no. No. You simply hear God's word and choose to trust what he said. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I did that as a six-year-old boy. Six-year-old boy. Did I understand everything? No. I'm still pondering some things after being saved 71 years. Still pondering. But see, the principle is faith comes before understanding. So many times we think understanding has to come before faith. She believed, and now she's beginning to get some understanding of how God is going to be doing some work. And if you have never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, Satan wants you to think, you've got to understand everything about it. Jesus said, you come with the faith of a child. A child. How much does a child understand? Simply understands, Jesus said, Whosoever may, will, may come. Amen. Amen? And that's the invitation to you. You don't have to have understanding of everything about God's word and, and all the, the, the issues. You just have, simply have to say, Lord, I choose to believe. 
your word. And then God begins to give you understanding. Faith comes first, and then understanding. Now, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, do you need to be taking some time today just to be pondering on some things that have taken place? Maybe to ask the Lord, Lord, if all things work together for good to them that love God, Lord, help me to understand. Help me to put the, 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 the blessed events of this past year right side by side with the difficult events of this past year. And Lord, help me to bring them together. Help me to know how it is you're working in my life. And, and pray for God's patience and endurance with joy when you can't see a reason for why God has worked the way he has. Pray for patience. And endurance what? With joy. In other words, when we endure with joy, we're simply saying, Lord, I trust you. I don't understand everything, but I trust you. Somebody put it this way. If situations won't change, then the only thing left to change is you. If your circumstances won't change, then the only thing left to change is you. And maybe that's what God wants you to be pondering on this Christmas season. You know, the word silent. Rearrange the letters. It spells listen. Same letters. Rearranged. And it could be that God wants to use this Christmas season to help us to have some time just to set aside, pull away from all the activities, all the relatives, all the friends, just have a time alone with God and let God speak to your heart and let him begin to pull things together as you place them side by side. And as we rearrange our thoughts, that's what it has to be. My priorities have to be rearranged. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. So that means who thoughts need to change? Mine do, right? Whose ways need to change? Mine do. And so as a believer, if God has put you into a, a difficult situation, a hard time. Maybe he wants this to be a time of pondering, of putting things together, the good things and the bad things, and begin to say, Lord, bring them together in my mind and help me to know what you want me to change. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed.